Hey now, this is the Sunday special, and I'm Dave Lorenzo. We're here with Nikki G. She's joining me again for today's show. Good morning, Nicola. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Did you just spill like a thing of water all over your desk over there? <laughs> no, but there are mornings I've done that. Ah, okay. So this is the show where we talk about what's going on behind the scenes in our business. And today's topic is, well, let me start off by saying that you're in the middle of a couple of really big litigation cases. So I want to give you a couple of updates on what's going on. I did, I want to say, I can look at my calendar, but I, I think it was seven interviews for professionals to help entrepreneurs drive the value of their business so that when they exit, they have more options. And all seven of the interviews I did with professionals were fantastic. We touched base kind of in the middle of the week and we discussed them, but there's so much excitement among people who are attorneys who protect intellectual property rights and do transactional work like the you know papering businesses with from an organizational perspective there's a lot of energy around people who keep the books in businesses and cpas we've got a couple of people who handle sophisticated insurance products to protect business owners with exit strategy that are super excited and of course we've got financial planners who love to dabble in the realm of business valuations, but would prefer that we deliver them a business that's gonna provide a huge bag of cash and then they'll help the entrepreneurs invest it. So all of those people are super fired up. They're really excited. And I'm gonna pass along a handful of them to speak to you to talk about the opportunity to learn through the beta process and then hopefully on their part, become subject matter experts. So this morning we're looking at different logos and wanna share your thoughts with the folks on what the logos are? Absolutely, so let me just start off by saying when I did this before for my firm, I took way too long thinking about it. But throughout that process, I've realized kind of what to focus on as I, as I do it now again, which, you know, as, as you know, you do something once and you do it again and you just get better at it. So in taking a look at the mock-ups, you know, I, I'm really thinking about what is the logo itself conveying to our audience. So right now we have a very prominent exit and Success Lab is, is maybe a little less prominent. In the, the words logo. themselves, so really, yeah. yeah. So what I'm wrestling with is, you know, can we readjust that so we're not overemphasizing exit so that we're downplaying Success Lab and thinking about, you know, what would I be thinking if I'm our audience viewing this logo the second I, I click on that website, I go there, and what is my first impression? That's what this is. It's the, the audience's first impression when they see it. So we're putting our thought into that now and, and trying to rework it a little bit because we want to really convey exactly what we're doing. You know, Success Lab is front and center, but also we have to convey exit strategy. That's what our focus is going to be. That's the entire concept here. So it's how do we strike the right balance between making sure we're hitting both of those and not losing the audience who's focusing on one over the other. Being somebody who's in front of CEOs every single week, almost every day, and helping them understand how all of these things fit together to increase the value of their business, you have to have an end in mind. And the reason that we have to put exit in the name is because that's what you're working toward. So whether you choose to exit or not as an entrepreneur, you will be exiting your business. Either they're carrying you out or you're going to exit on your terms. So let's build the value of your business today. And then you can choose to exit at any point if you followed our systems and our methodology. Now, as it relates to the logo, 
At this stage in the business, I'm not gonna be married to any particular type of logo. So whatever we put up, if you're listening to this and you go to the website, you're listening to this six months from now and you go to the website and you say, hey, that arrow coming out of the side of the light bulb there, that looks like a little penis, then that's fine. We'll take your thoughts into account. If you could see Nicola's face, she's so mature about these things and I am the biggest juvenile. They, they brought us this logo with a light bulb and there's an arrow pointing out of the side of the light bulb and without the right shading, it looks like a little phallic symbol on the side of the light bulb so we're trying to figure out the best way to if it look if, if the light bulb's gonna have a penis it damn sure better be a big penis i don't want a little <laughs> tiny penis coming out of that light bulb so you know th these are the things that that we're discussing behind the scenes and in all seriousness part of the joy of working with a partner is having someone to to look at these things and give you a contrasting opinion you know if I were picking this thing myself, it would be just the three words exit success lab that would be on the website and we'd be done. Right. So I'm, I'm really glad that we get to do the back and forth. So those of you at home who are working with somebody else and you're trying to decide on a logo when you're in the infancy of your of your business, look, progress, not perfection is what we're going for. So. This week we have, uh, we're sending the mock-up back uh, the third time to the designer and she's really patient. So she'll give us unlimited revisions and hopefully next week we'll have a, we'll have a logo settled and we'll post it in the show notes so that you can see it. And then we can, I can work with the web designer to have the web designer take a look at, um, take a look at what we're doing and the web designer can put the logo up there and we can start with copy and creating an actual, an actual website. So Nicola, what do we know about the business this week that we didn't know that we didn't know last week? What have you and I discussed that we can share with folks that we know this week about our business that we didn't know last week? You know what we really thought about this week because of some of the feedback we were receiving is that we've hit on a concept that we don't think is already out there on the market. I mean, we, we obviously came up with this idea saying we haven't seen this, but others are now validating those beliefs saying, you know, this is really different than what I've seen and heard about exit strategy. Now, you have a lot of individuals out there who have a very specific focus on exit strategy, whether it's a financial professional or it's a business broker. And we have really come to realize that we've got something great here and we're we are sure hopeful we are right and we think we are. And if so, this is going to really be a game changer for us. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we, you and I were in a meeting uh, on... I can't remember what it was. The, the meeting seemed, the meeting was interminable, so it was it seemed like it was forever. But it was Thursday, and in that meeting, there were three different people in three different industries who introduced themselves as people who have something to do with exit strategy, right? And we can walk through the different people who position themselves as experts on exit strategy, and let's talk about what makes this concept different. So. Financial advisors, first and foremost, they say they're experts on exit strategy. And here's what a financial advisor will do. Financial advisor is going to sit down with you as a business owner and they're going to say to you, how much do you need to retire? And you're going to tell them or they're going to calculate better. That's probably what they'll do. Right. The financial advisor will calculate, hey, you know, what do you need to retire? This is what you need. You know, this is when you want to retire. This is what your lifestyle needs are going to be. And then they'll say, 
that's what you got to get for your business, right? So you need, so Nicola, you need $2 million to make it through your retirement. You're going to retire at 65 and you're, you know, the actuarial table says you're going to live to 85 or 90 based on your lifestyle each year. You're going to need X. So you need $2 million to retire. Nicola, you need to get $2.2 million for your business when you sell. That's what a financial advisor is going to tell you your business has to be worth. And then they're going to go out and take your business and go to a business broker and say, hey, $2.2 million, that's what this business has got to sell for, right? And how many times have you heard that? You've been in, you've been in rooms with, you know, you're, there's a ton of financial advisors in the network, networking organization we belong to. You're on the board of a charity. You're around a ton of financial advisors. Financial advisors will go out and they'll get this certified exit planning professional status from one of four different organizations that provide it. And then what do they go out and say? They, they grab their business card. We're not, on, we're not on video. I'm showing Nicola a business card right now. <laughs> they go out and they grab their business card and they go, hey, Nicola, look at me. I'm a certified exit planning professional, but I'm also a financial advisor. True or false? Oh, yes, yes. So that's, that's one of the people we'll see. Nicola, what do you think is wrong with hiring a financial advisor to help you with your business exit strategy? Well, they're only focused on hitting that number. So it's a very narrow view of what your business may be worth. They're not considering other options for your business and other potential value that could frankly be far greater than you know, what they're looking at. Their, their goal is to get you, you know, from point A to point B. And point B is, is the exit for them. So they're just looking at what, how do we do that from a number standpoint? And they're excellent at doing that. They're just going to back into it and get you there and sell it for that number. But they're not thinking about that beyond that scenario. And they could care less about how you get there. They just want the bag of cash. And they're not going to give you any guidance or advice specifically related to your business. And if they do, why on earth would you accept business advice from a financial advisor let them pick your stocks. Let them pick your let them pick your mutual funds. Let them pick your annuities. Let them help balance your portfolio, but do not ever let a financial advisor tell you how to fix your business. The second person that we saw or we heard from yesterday was or Thursday was the attorney. And I'm going to be really gentle because I know you're protective of your brethren in the legal profession. But there are two attorneys in this meeting who are like Whoa, I'm the quarterback of the transaction and you got to come to me, right? You heard one attorney said it. I'm the quarterback <laughs> of the, the transaction. First time I've heard it. What's that? It's not the first time I've heard yeah. that. In the I'm concept of the M&A world, they're all quarterbacks. Everybody's <laughs> a quarterback. There's no wide receivers. And God forbid, there's nobody on the front line blocking. Everybody's a quarterback of the transaction, right? And I pull all the, I pull everything together. You know what? Without somebody creating value in that business, the quarterback never takes the field, right? If you're going to exit your business, the last person you call, the very last person you call is the lawyer. And there are three reasons why the lawyer is the last person to call. Number one, lawyers know nothing about building business value. The only people who know less about building business value are doctors. And you wouldn't call a doctor to help you with your exit strategy. So the lawyer is the last person to call for that reason. Number two, it is freaking expensive, especially a really good M&A lawyer is incredibly expensive. So the minute you call a lawyer, they're on the clock. 
that first conversation all the way through to the point where you take the check to the bank and deposit it, that lawyer is billing you. And even after the check goes into the bank and you deposit it, you're going to get a bill in your mailbox. I promise you. So number two, it's freaking expensive when you call the lawyer. You need the lawyer. You have to have a really good lawyer, but you don't call them until everything is done. And then number three, if you're negotiating business terms and you're a business person, you have to negotiate the business terms. If your lawyer is negotiating the business terms for you, the focus is on risk and not on value. So those are the three reasons why the lawyer is the last person you call in the whole chain of people you put together as far as a team goes. Okay, Nicola, I'm going to turn it over to you and you can tell me why lawyers are the best thing in the world, but you have to agree those three points are really valid. Absolutely. Actually, I'm not going to disagree with you on this, Dave. Um, I mean, I would bring in the lawyer a little bit earlier. When you know that the deal is pretty much done, you want the lawyer to at least get a head start. Sometimes you're under a you know time pressure. You also don't want the deal to fall apart because the lawyer is taking too long to put it together. So you start looping them in a little bit before the end of it. Otherwise, you know, I, I fully agree with you. You want to be the person who is negotiating this exit, not the lawyer. The lawyer's not thinking about that. I'm, I'm with you. The lawyer's thinking about the transaction itself and really focused on the legal aspects, the potential risk, making sure that all the legal terms are favorable to you and there's nothing that's going to surprise you or hurt you down the road. Yeah, and, and the lawyer's an incredibly valuable part of the team. I don't know if they're the quarterback. Maybe they're a running back or a wide receiver or perhaps a tight end, but they're certainly they're certainly not the quarterback of the of the transaction. If they're the quarterback of the transaction, you will pay a huge portion of your exit to the lawyer, especially if you've got a good one. The third person that that we see and we didn't see him on Thursday we didn't see them on Thursday but we saw him a couple of weeks ago in uh, in another meeting we were in is the CPA right so you need to get your CPA involved because of course your financials are a huge element of value drive uh, the value drivers in your exit strategy they're also a huge uh, element in what you need to turn over at the very outset. So your CPA has to be involved and they have to be involved early and they have to be involved frequently, but you don't want the CPA telling you what the value of your business is and you don't want the CPA helping you try to increase the value of your business because they got a hammer and everything they look at is gonna be a nail, right? You tell your CPA, how can I increase the value of my business from an operational standpoint Bang, bang, bang. Reduce your operational expenses. Cut your staff. Oh, how can I increase the value of my business from a technology standpoint? Bang, bang, bang. Go with cheaper software. How can I increase the value of my business from an HR standpoint? Bang, bang, bang. Oh, your competitive wage analysis is really off. You're paying too much for your talent. And none of those things will help you in the long term because maybe you're paying too much for your talent because you have unique talent that nobody else in the industry has. Maybe you're paying a little bit more than industry average for your software because your software is proprietary and it's a competitive advantage in your industry. Maybe on the operational side, you're paying a little too much or you're a little bit heavy in your operational staff because you provide a white glove experience and that white glove experience allows you to command a fee premium. So you you never, ever, ever allow your CPA to tell you what the value of your business is. What do you think, Nicola? I agree with that. Your CPA is not trained in valuing your business. What your CPA is great for 
is looking at the financials and helping you understand them, helping you see you know, trends and distinctions in your financial that maybe you wouldn't otherwise pick up on. I mean, think of them as kind of like the translation expert for your financials so that you get that information, you understand it, and then you, as the one who's the expert in your business, can use that information to increase the value of your business because you know it best. So once you understand, okay, this is something I'm seeing in the financials, you know, maybe your expenses are really high here. Have you, you know, have you looked at that? Your, your account can help you focus in on what's causing the numbers to look like they look and what the big picture is in the financials. But you need to take that information as the business owner and utilize that to increase the value of your business to get to your exit strategy. That's right. That's right. And then when you're ready, when you have everything lined up, you bring an evaluation expert. And sometimes the valuation expert resides in a CPA firm and sometimes they don't. We'll talk about that in a, in a different show. But the, your accountant is not going to be the person that helps you increase the value of your business for sure. They're the person that's going to be with you right by your side, organizing all of your financials. They'll help you translate your financials and make sure that you don't have any leakage in any of the areas of your business. But take it with a grain of salt because your accountant should be there as an advisor. They're not there to run your business. The day that your financial people start running your business is the day you need to exit for sure because that's when your business starts to get squeezed to the point where the experience can really, really suffer. The third person that I wanna talk about that we didn't see in this, but we see him all the time out in the field is the broker or the M&A expert. Right there, there's a there's an M&A expert certification. Uh, there are investment bankers for bigger businesses, and then there are brokers. And brokers, of course, are a valuable part of the team. I'm going to separate these into two categories, Nicola. So brokers from like uh, investment bankers or M&A experts. So broker is on the smaller side, and what usually happens is the business owner will let's say they get a health diagnosis and they know like I got to exit in the next year because you know I, I, I have to take care of my health you're not going to die but you want to take care of your health or the business broker's or the, the business owner's spouse comes to him or her and says listen you've been working for 40 years it's time for us to stop and smell the roses I need you to I need you to think about what we're going to do for the next 10 15 years now that the kids are out of the house and that's when the business owner for the first time thinks about exiting. So their first phone call is maybe to their CPA and the CPA introduces them to a business broker. That's usually the way it happens. Now, here's where I would caution you to not make that call to the business broker yet, because the minute you call the business broker, you're on the clock in a different way. The business broker is not gonna charge you any fees up front, and they're gonna do their own, I would call it kind of a back of the envelope valuation based on your industry and based on what they see comparable businesses sell for. But the minute you agree to work with a business broker and they list your business, they're gonna start bringing buyers to you. And their incentive is to get the most money for you, of course, but time is of the essence. And they've got 50 businesses if they're really good. They've got five if they're not so good. And each one of those businesses has a time investment associated with it. So they do a mental calculation of how much can I get for this business with the least amount of time possible? That's the mental calculation a broker does, just like a broker who's selling a house. So they're gonna look to put you in front of no more than three people 
who are going to offer you money for your business, and then they're going to say, choose. They're not going out and doing a full-blown market analysis. They're not going out and creating an environment where they're creating a market for your business. They're going to three people they know who are buying your business. One is probably doing roll-ups in your industry, buying multiple businesses. The second one is somebody who has retired from another business and they want to get into your business. And then the third may be a partner or a strategic partner for you or somebody in the industry who wants to buy your market share. And they're going to say, here you go. Here's three, choose. And that's how your broker is going to handle it. And if you don't choose, what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, fine, I'll keep looking. And then they will appropriately ignore you until you pester them enough to come back. That's just a broker model for any type of service, all right? That's the way brokers work, and it's the nature of their business. So if you want to take a quick exit, then call a broker and take what you get. Pick from one of those three. But until you've maximized the value and put together a marketing package, you don't want to call a broker. Or better yet, create your own market, and then the broker kind of is unnecessary if you create your own market. Nicola, what do you think about brokers? Yeah, I think they're very external-oriented. So thinking about looking at the market and how that's going to be used to value your business. This is very similar to a real estate transaction, right? You're looking to purchase, and I'll give you like an office building. You're an investor. You want to purchase an office building. You go to a commercial real estate broker, and they are going to know exactly what the market is for that building. Here's the range you can expect to pay, Nicole or Dave. Here's um, the inventory that's in the market. Let me show you the last few sales in that particular area so you have an idea exactly what you should be paying so you're not overpaying. So they know exactly where the numbers are. They're going to give you the three options. So they're not just saying, here's one, that's the only option. And you're going to choose from it. Have they done a great job? Absolutely. They have very good market knowledge. They know, you know exactly what you're looking for. They're going to find you something that hits all your criteria. But when you, you take a step back, you know, as I started this, this point with was it's very external focus. It's not internal to your business. They're not looking at your business. They don't know the interworkings of the business. They know the industry that it's in. You know the interworkings of your business. So you may be missing out on other opportunities that can fetch greater value in the marketplace by um, just using a business broker. So the second, uh, I bifurcated this element. The second one is the M&A advisor. And these are people who probably have private equity contacts. So if you've got a bigger business, let's say your business is north of 100 million in annual revenue and it's in a competitive industry, an M&A advisor is a good way to go because they may have private equity contacts and the private equity contacts will do one of two things with your business. They'll either make you, I would call it like a hub and spoke model. They'll either make your business a hub. So let's say your business is in a, is in a rapidly growing industry. You're doing 300 million in annual revenue and your business is really solid in the 10 value driver areas. You've done your homework, your business is great. They may take your business and make it the hub, which is the platform, and they may bring in other businesses that are doing 20 million, 30 million in specific niche markets around your platform and bolt them on. So if your business is the hub, the investment banker is gonna be able to get you a really nice value for your business. Now, if the investment banker is, has already invested in that sector and they already have a platform or a hub and you're just gonna be a spoke or you're gonna be a bolt on, 
they're going to have a range that they're going to pay you and it's going to be a business math calculation and they're going to come to you, to the to the M&A advisor and they're going to say all right the Lorenzo Gellermino business look we get you got a really nice business going there and you're dominant in Florida and Florida is a key market in this industry so okay we'll give you a 2x multiple everybody else goes for like a 1.5x multiple but because Florida is up and coming we're going to give you 2x and we're going to bolt it onto our platform and in that case, the M&A advisor is going to be really good. They're going to connect you with the right people. If you're in that sort of an industry, that can be your first call. And if your business is nice and clean and all of the value drivers are in place, you'll do just fine there. So those are the three of the four. The fourth, I think, is really interesting. The fourth is somebody who does kind of what we do. The fourth is a consultant who will help you look at the value drivers in your business and help you increase the value drivers in your business over time so that your business is always increasing in value. It leads the market and it enables you to get a premium. The business that Nicola and I are building is designed so that we don't have a dog in the fight. We don't, we don't care what, where you wanna exit. You wanna, you wanna sell to, through a business broker, you wanna go to an M&A expert, that's fine. You want us to help you create a market for your business as a, with an external provider, and you want us to, uh, to create an auction and run the auction for you, no problem. We can do that, but that, we don't have to do that. You can have the M&A advisor do that if you want. Do you want to turn your business over to a partner and get a higher multiple? We can help you structure your business for the, for the next 10 years to increase the value so that you can do that. You wanna sell it to your idiot son, Fredo, and hope that he smartens up? We can make sure the business can run by itself so even Fredo can't screw it up, right? So if you want more options at the end, that's the business where that's the business we're in. We're here 15 years before your exit, 10 years before your exit, five years before your exit, two years before your exit to help you clean up all the value drivers and put you in the best position so that when we bring in your accountant, your financials are ready to go. When we bring in the business broker, you're ready to go and you're gonna get the premium. When you turn it over to the M&A advisor, the M&A advisor goes, holy cow, your business is really set. That's the business that we're in. And with the Success Lab, we have all of these subject matter experts that can help you over the long term make your business run like a well-oiled machine. That's our goal. You plug your business into our system, we're gonna increase the value all along the way so that if, if, you're, if your business has been working with us for a year, and you're not ready to exit, but you wanna go out and get a loan, or you wanna take on a partner, and that partner is going to invest in the business and get equity, the value of your business is gonna go up exponentially over the course of that year. You know, one of the one of the stories I tell all the time, and we'll, we'll use this story to kind of put a bow on our conversation today, is years ago when I worked for Concord Hospitality, we had a management company and each of the underlying hotels were owned by different entities. But the gentleman who owned the management company had an interest in each of the hotels, different pieces of equity in each of the hotels. But he owned the management company 100%. And his business was exploding. He was, he's, he's still in that business today. He's a phenomenal operator and he's a really brilliant business person. He needed money to grow the management company, so he went to one of the people who had invested in multiple properties, and he said, at the time, I remember this like it was yesterday, he said, I want to help the management company explode, 
and you're a partner in this guy owned an engineering and a construction company. He said, you're a partner in all of these assets. Your construction companies are doing the construction and you're doing some of the engineering work on all of my buildings. I've spent a lot of time with you, just like you and me, Nikki G. I, I've spent a lot of time with you. I know you, I like you, I trust you. I want you to take half of the, half of the management company. And I don't want to go out and get evaluation. Here's what I think the management company is worth. Um, you know, write me a check and you'll take half of the management company. And the, the, the guy who was the head of the engineering company, also owned a construction company, was also an investor in these hotels, was far more affluent than the gentleman who owned the management company at the time. And he said, listen, you don't want to do that. He said, I, the, I, when we look back on this moment, you're going to feel like I'm taking advantage of you because your offer is too low. Go out and get a true valuation on the management company. And whatever that valuation is, if it's less, I'll pay you your number. But if it's more, I'll pay you the number of the valuation, uh, half of that for, for the business. And the guy was floored. And he went out and he got a valuation. And sure enough, the valuation was higher. And the gentleman who owned the engineering company paid the half for the management company. And as far as I know, there's still partners in the management company today. If you look on the website, both of their pictures are on there. And as far as I know, that partnership, and by the way, they now own a bazillion hotels and they're crushing it. But the way that partnership started was with the person who, for whom money was less of a stumbling block say, saying, you don't wanna do this. You wanna feel good about what you're getting for giving up what you're giving up. And that for us is really the bottom line, Nicola, is I want the business owners that we work with at any stage of their business life cycle, whether they're starting their business or whether they're ready to exit or they're somewhere in the middle, I want them to feel like their business is worth as much as it could be worth at that moment. I want them to feel like at any point in time, if they need to sell a piece of their business or sell their entire business, that they're not gonna get taken advantage of. And that's why I think we're in this business right now. So that any given point in time, you're gonna get the maximum value for your whole business or a piece of your business. What do you think about that? Absolutely, that's why we're in this. We are both passionate about this and working with business owners for this reason. And we want to be able to help you feel good about the value of your business at any turn. So yes, of course, when you exit, but at any turn, I mean, we, we've spoken to business owners who, who say to us often, I mean, I'm sure Dave, you more than me say, you know, just, it's, I, I know what this business is worth. It's not there right now. You know, they're, they're looking for others to help them get that there because they know best. And we really have the passion and the drive to help them do this. And we want to help you get there. And there's nothing worse than there's nothing worse than going to a banker for a loan thinking your business is worth x and you can get you know a little bit of money for the you know with 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 some type of an asset in your business or a line of credit and having the banker say i'm going to give you 10 percent of what you're looking for because your business just isn't worth that right now i mean that's where we come in um you know we've i've helped business owners at every stage of their life cycle when the banker said that to them go to private lenders and we do a little work over the course of 90 days in their business and we can make a case for why their business is more valuable and the private lenders see that value and they're able to give them the loan. So if you're thinking about what your business is worth, 
this is the place for you. This is the, we're the people you should call because whatever stage of your business life cycle, we want to make sure it's worth as much as possible so that you can sleep at night knowing you're doing everything you can to maximize the value of your business. All right, Nikki G, thanks for joining me for this Sunday special. Thanks for coming into the office on a, on a Sunday and spending some time with us. We really appreciate you. I appreciate being here. It's great to be able to to do this in the middle of, you know, what's a pretty few heavy weeks in my schedule with um, a trial on the horizon. So I'm really excited about this business and I really wanted to be here today. Um, I appreciate you kind of carrying this forward while I'm, I'm battling this out and trying to get through these last few weeks so we can put everything into this. I can't wait. Okay, folks, that'll do it for this edition of the Sunday Special. Join us tomorrow as Nikki G and I continue with our regular show. You can see us on YouTube or follow us right here on the audio show. As you know, this is a special for you for being an audio, I guess it's a subscriber or a follower, depending on what streaming service you listen to this on. If you're on Spotify, you're following us. But if you're on Apple, I think you're subscribing to us right now. But we love you and we thank you for being here. Do us a favor, share this with other people. The only way this show grows is if you share this with other people. So if you're an entrepreneur and what you heard today was new or exciting or novel, share this with your entrepreneurial friends. We would love it if you did that. We'll see you tomorrow for the Inside BS Show. Until then, I'm Dave Lorenzo, and she is... Nikki G. See you tomorrow, folks.